Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In the previous program, I touched upon some near tragedies as well as actual tragedies, and I said that I would continue that in this program. This program will not be limited, not confined to that, but I'm going to begin with it so that I don't run out of time in this brief program, all of them which are entirely too brief. So one of these tragedies that I referred to was a preventable tragedy, as many are. And this concerned a young mother, a young mother who had given birth by cesarean section, something that is used entirely too frequently by doctors who do very well financially from such practices and who use it in so many cases when it is not called for and which can further endanger a mother's life as well as not being truly the preferred method and causing damage to her body and what have you. But I digress. This woman's name was either Crystal Galloway or Christy Galloway. I had trouble making it out as far as the type. This tragedy took place in Hillsborough County, Florida. Her mother found her slumped in a bathtub... This is just a very short time after having given birth. And the woman was unconscious and drooling from her mouth and her lips were swollen. And her mother called 911. And an ambulance crew, EMTs came, consisted of four paramedics. And according to the mother, they did not check her blood pressure They did not check her temperature. They did not check any of her vital signs. And they repeatedly tried to get her to take her daughter to the hospital. They decided that there was no way this woman was going to be able to afford this. (laughs) And so they tried to talk her into that. And they deferred from taking her daughter to the hospital. She kept insisting they needed to do so. They declined. She ended up taking her daughter to the hospital. Her daughter died. The paramedics are on administrative leave. And given what they evidenced in terms of their, shall we say, lack of professionalism, as well as overt callousness, (laughs) Uh, dearth of care and concern for this woman, I rather suspect that they will get over any traumatic side effects to their psyches rather quickly and that it will not leave any scars in their souls. I referred to this fatal attack on a woman who was visiting Hilton Head, South Carolina. A violent 
encounter with an alligator. What other kind can you have, right? This woman who's a kindergarten teacher from upstate New York, 45-year-old woman Cassandra Klein was walking her dog at Sea Pines Resort on Hilton Head Island. Hilton Head, which has a number of high-end, top-end golf courses. And the alligator came after her dog, and it caught a hold of the leash. Amazingly enough, caught a hold of the leash, not the dog, but the leash, and began a tug-of-war and dragged the woman into the water, into the lagoon, and slew her. Miraculously, her dog survived. So that's the silver lining to this monstrous story. But again, how many times have you seen footage of golf tournaments in Hilton Head and other such locations and throughout the South and where there is some mention of alligators around and about and they will actually show an alligator and there's joking about it and it's just treated as trivial and so forth. Yeah. This could never happen. Heaven forbid, this kind of thing just doesn't happen, right? Well, it did to this poor woman. It was preventable, not by her, but preventable by the owners and operators of these facilities taking some measures to protect people instead of taking no measures, instead of just being so cavalier about these dangers that they really aren't dangers after all. And I can't comment with regard to this specific corporation or owners of this golf course, but I have seen this kind of attitude expressed over and over again. And, for instance, in one little blurb that I saw very recently... There were some fellows that were laughing heartily about, I believe, an NCAA Division I football coach. I might be wrong. He might have been an an NFL, National Football League football coach, but who jumped when he thought there was an alligator. They were teasing him. And, oh, my gosh, you know, how fearful. Right. Well... The lightning speed of these alligators and their, (laughs) you could say, God-given accoutrement of weapons that they have here with which to slay their prey. They're nothing to be trifled with. Earlier this summer, in June, there was another woman that was attacked and slain by an alligator this time in Florida, and this woman, practically the same age, 47. Her name, Shizuka Matsuki. And again, walking dogs. She was killed while walking her dogs. And they mentioned about that it was a common sight to see she and her husband walking their three dogs. And this was at the Isla del Sol Homeowners Association in Plantation. 
And I had mentioned it before, but I think, again, it deserves to be mentioned again. Oh, well, this wonderful Isla Del Sol Homeowners Association, they covered themselves from any liability because what they did when there was a six-foot alligator which was spotted by someone's front door and was trapped, they sent out an email. That's right, an email to the residents of the Isla Del Sol Homeowners Association in Plantation, Florida. And lo and behold, (laughs) just shortly after that, this poor woman walks her dogs by the Silver Lakes Rotary Nature Park and was attacked by the lake and slain by a a 12-and-a-half-foot alligator. But, oh, my, they did everything they could, this homeowners association. They sent out a broadcast email, you know, like a broadcast fax or a blast fax, a blast email. Everyone should have gotten that email. And so then, of course, they're all going to, you know, exercise caution for the next I don't know how long. Well... No, they couldn't put signs out. That would just be too inflammatory or something. There was sighting after sighting of sharks up at Cape Cod. And the most recent reporting I saw in it, it stated that there was a, this was great white shark. Great white shark, but not a 30-footer, 8-footer, 9-footer. I mentioned about the one that was right immediately adjacent to the uh, paddleboard border, who was 56 or 59, who was a short ways offshore, and he didn't see it. And fortunately, uh, it did not molest him, did not strike him, or he would have been dead. But here, the most recent case... People watched a great white shark attack and devour a seal, which was 10 to 20 yards offshore. Now, you might say, well, a seal, okay, but seals swim ever so much more efficiently, ever so much faster than we poor clumsy people do in the water. Any seal worth its weight swims vastly superior to Michael Phelps and such. But anyway, they watched this happen and they were screaming from the shore and so forth. So everyone was warned to get out of the water and stay out of the water. For how long do you imagine that was supposed to be? This, this occurred at 12.30 p.m. a couple days ago. So how long do you imagine the warning was to be for people to stay out of the water. Go ahead, give me your guess. One day, one week, what do you think? How about one hour? One hour, well, of course, one hour, the shark will be gone by then, and there wouldn't be any others, of course. So one hour is enough for it to be safe for you to go swimming where this seal was attacked and killed. Makes sense to me. But this is the same great attitude of this homeowners association. Just wonderful. Outstanding. So this poor dear woman 
Cassandra Klein, a kindergarten teacher. She protected her dog. She saved her dog. She lost her life. And this other dear woman, again, walking her dogs, and remarkably enough, the dogs survived. She did not. Another tragedy that I referred to ever so fleetingly the other day was concerning this exceedingly egregious conflagration in California, this mass, mass wildfire, which grew and grew, and which started near Redding, California, somewhere in that area. And uh, it was very close to Whiskey Town Lake, and it was known as the Car Fire, you know, like the last name of the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders or whatever. So that's the name, Car Fire, no doubt for a specific location. And it was started, of all things, by sparks caused by a trailer scraping the highway when a tire blew out while this older couple drove their vehicle pulling this trailer. And whether you care to look at that as being a preventable tragedy or otherwise, I don't know. Because this was something that literally could have happened to anybody pulling a trailer. And just incredible. They perhaps, they should have, realized immediately that it was dragging the road. Maybe they should have immediately stopped and checked it, and so on and so forth. But in any case, sparks flew up. They ignited nearby brush, and the fire was on. And at the time, last I saw, eight people had lost their lives. In this fire, this fire destroyed only half as much area as the fire down in Mendocino County and so forth that has also been this year. So California's had another red hot (laughs) uh, fire season. And it's frankly, it's annual uh, there in California and in other parts of the country, and up into Canada. And while these fires are annual, their effects continue. Even when nobody is killed, their effects continue for decades thereafter. But this poor couple are truly traumatized and devastated by it. And the wife... She had been crying for days about this. And this woman, Rachel Pilly, I'm undoubtedly mispronouncing her name. She's the executive director of CareNet Pregnancy Center in Reading. And she saw about it and what a devastating effect it was having on this couple. And so she contacted them. She communicated with them. And she started a drive to provide 
consolation, comfort to them. Among those eight who died, three were firefighters. Three were from one family, a grandmother and two grandchildren. Just uh, so terrible. But anyway, what struck me was this comment that Rachel Pilly made. Again, probably pronouncing that wrongly. Quote, I would think no matter what race, what color, people are kind. Deep down, I think that compassion and community are at the core of human beings. End quote. So let me read that again. I would think no matter what race, what color, people are kind. Deep down, I think that compassion and community are at the core of human beings. Now, I don't know what she's basing that on, but if it's from life experience, it's from a very, very limited life experience because it is not true, (laughs) to put it gently. CareNet Pregnancy Center is a Christian organization, and it is a crisis pregnancy center alliance across the nation, and they do good work. They do good work caring for expectant young mothers who do not have resources and young teen mothers and so forth. And... A result of the work that they do is that girls and young women who, in some cases, would be all on their own, without help, without resources, without assistance, are cared for and comforted and educated and given skills they didn't otherwise have helped with parenting, and helped with having a much, much better life than they would otherwise have. So I am not averse to the director of one of these centers being a very compassionate person, a very compassionate woman. That's what I would want. That's what I would hope for in the director of one of these centers. But it's one thing to be very compassionate and loving and caring, and it's another to be ignorant, misguided. And she certainly is with regard to the human condition. And I base that on many things, including the Bible. But In any case, that's her view of humankind. It's not borne out across humanity. For instance, the case of Molly Cecilia Tibbetts, who was chased down, kidnapped, raped, and murdered by this young undocumented worker who's been living here in the States for a number of years, but in Iowa, in Brooklyn, Iowa. And who repeatedly stabbed her with something 
They weren't able to determine that last I saw because of the length of time it had been from the time that she was attacked and murdered to the time that her body was found. But the description, uh, one description from one of these reports that I saw was this, was that prosecutors allege that Christian Bahena Rivera abducted Molly Tibbetts while she was out for an evening run in Brooklyn, killed her and disposed of her body. Not so. I mean, they can allege that if they want, but that's not it. He kidnapped her, he raped her, and he murdered her. He didn't just kill her. There is a significant difference between killing and murder, but these prosecutors don't seem to understand that, which is one of the huge problems we have in this nation in our legal system is prosecutors that are not fit to be prosecutors, judges that are not fit to be judges, defense attorneys who are devoid of conscience. At the funeral memorial service for Molly Tibbetts, her father, well-meaning, no doubt, and he, he went out looking for her for weeks. But her father, Rob Tibbetts, he stated that his daughter, Molly, is nobody's victim. Bravo, sir, bravo. That is just so good. I'm not going to applaud, but nobody's victim. Oh, my, that just... (laughs) Have you ever heard of denial? She was murdered, (laughs) okay? But she's nobody's victim. No, no, certainly not. But he went on to say that it was time to turn the page. We're at the end of a long ordeal, but now we need to turn toward life. We need to heal. This community needs to heal. Our family needs to heal. So what's the way that we go about healing? What is the response that there should be after the vicious, brutal, slaughterous Destruction. I know that word probably doesn't exist in the English vocabulary, but I'll use it anyway. Or slaughter and destruction of a darling young woman. What should be the response? How should we heal after that? Well, let's all just hug each other and sing Kumbaya and say she wasn't a victim and celebrate her wonderful life and so on and so forth. That's one approach. And that is the approach that many take. I remember a darling young girl, 12 years old, if I recall correctly, maybe 11. I could be off. Let's say 11 or 12. In the San Francisco Bay Area, many years ago, who was kidnapped, raped, and murdered by a serial kidnapper, rapist, murderer. And when he was finally caught, after having destroyed many, and he was being tried for the destruction of this girl, and he said vicious things about her, 
her father insisted, oh, there be no death penalty. That would just be wrong. Same thing here. We need to heal. (laughs) We need to heal. We need to forget about it. Put it behind us. Move on. Oh, we'll always keep her in our hearts, but let's move on. Like Bill Clinton, let's just put that terrible chapter behind us and move forward and not have any accountability and not have any justice and not have any punishment. I do not kid myself. I do not delude myself that there is any amount of punishment severe enough on this earth in this lifetime for the monsters that commit these heinous crimes. There isn't. That being said, morality and a little thing, none other than God's word, God's law, requires these destroyers to be removed from this earth. The blood cries out. The innocent blood cries out. And if it is not avenged, according to God's word, God will avenge it. God will avenge it on those societies that refuse to avenge it. So how's that for a wonderful Unintended consequence. No, we will not punish the destroyers the way that we are required to, commanded to. Instead, we will follow the lead, the direction of the psychologists, the sociologists, the anthropologists, the Pope, all of the Roman papacy going back ad nauseum, We will do what these corruptors tell us to do. Yes, I include the Pope in that group. Who corrupt and pervert the word of God and hand down their exceedingly carnal, man-invented doctrines which are diametrically at odds with God's word. And we bring destruction on all of the good, all of the innocent, all of the gentle, all of the kind, all of the honorable and noble within our society. Not only those who will be preyed upon by these destroyers when they are released after they've been you know, sentenced to jail for life, and then it's been commuted, and they're let go after X amount of time, and they get back out there, and they do it again, and again, and again, and again. But also, all those others that are emboldened to do that, because they know what's the worst that can happen to them is, well, you know, they go to jail for a while, maybe, probably not, but maybe. Or, okay, maybe they happen to be in the wrong county of the wrong state, and they're actually sentenced to death, and lo and behold, after 25 years, it's carried out. (laughs) And painlessly. Worst case scenario. But, in addition 
to the destruction wrought by these destroyers, then God will visit destruction upon those nations. How do you like them apples? Now, I mean, you can write that off as just being wrong, you know, inflammatory rhetoric of somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Or you can (laughs) take a look into the source documents from whence that comes. But Molly, yes, Molly, she was not a victim. Well, moving on to some other non-victims in the state of Ohio who fell into the hands, into the grip of an out-and-out destroyer, a maniacal destroyer, Before I share concerning that, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is good and right and true and accurate in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, is wrong, is erring, is due to me. But in Ohio, in the great state of Ohio, and again, these things happen in every great state, Iowa, Ohio, you name it. Well, this serial kidnapper, rapist, murderer, and it's, you know, as I have referred to it time and again, it is the crime of choice in the United States of America. Anthony Kirkland. He murdered girls and women. And you look at the age range, it's from 13 all the way up to, I think, 48, something like that, 45, It reminds me very much of Ted Bundy, who murdered little girls, murdered college co-eds, and murdered women that were older than that, who were still, still young women. But an equal opportunity destroyer. Vicious, ruthless, sadistic, satanic, maniacal, monstrous destroyer who destroyed for the pleasure of doing so, who destroyed in order to defile and destroy, who was bent on that. You hear the words that, um, you know, you should live to what is it? It's to, you eat to live, you don't live to eat. Isn't that one of those combinations? Well, these evil ones, they live to destroy. They don't destroy to live. Okay, They're not alligators. They're not great white sharks. They're not lions. So let's not elevate them to that stature, okay? No. These are 
cunning, conniving, calculating, premeditated destroyers. Now, some of them are a whole lot smarter than others. This one is supposed to be really deficient mentally, but in fact, he's a smart, calculating guy. Horribly evil. But unlike Ted Bundy, this is a man of color. Unlike Ted Bundy, this is a big, strong, powerful man. What they have in common is what they do. You shall know them by their fruits. They do evil, unspeakable evil. But this dear fellow has been helped along by the justice system time and again. So, as the Hamilton County prosecutor, Joe Dieters, stated, quote, the human carnage he committed is almost unimaginable, end quote. Well, a jury convicted dear, dear serial murderer Anthony Kirkland to death. They convicted him of murder, and they agreed that he should be the victim of a death sentence. But of course, the penalties, the actual death penalties, they are handed down by judges. Hamilton County Common Pleas Judge Patrick, I'm going to mess up the name again, Dinkelocker, I'll say. It was up to him to impose a sentence. Now, Dinkelocker, like Dieters, both of these men are Roman Catholics. And you might think that would have no impact on what they would decide, but maybe it would. So, dear Kirkland, he was just sentenced the other day. He murdered five Two girls, three women. And that was, let me see, how many of them? Four of them he slaughtered between the years 2006 to 2009. He was caught on the same day that he kidnapped, raped, and murdered a 13-year-old girl. Well, he, at the time that he was tried, he was serving a life prison term for having killed Mary Jo Newton and Kimio Rollison. Newton was 45, Rollison 25. He was already serving a life term at the time that he was tried. And if you will, retried. So we'll get there in a moment. So, following the verdict, 
The judge sentenced Kirkland to be executed. But the high and mighty Supreme Court of the great state of Ohio intervened. And they threw out the conviction. They overturned this based on their determination that the prosecutor, Joe Dieters, had made numerous statements to the jury that were improper. So what were these statements that he made? Which they say, the Supreme Court of Ohio, stated were improper and substantially prejudicial. Joe Dieters shared with the jury that Kirkland was already serving life prison terms, plural, and that these two girls, 13 years of age and 14 years of age, that the slaughter and destruction of them should not be permitted to go unpunished. If they sentenced him, if the judge sentences him to another couple life terms, Concurrent life terms or consecutive life terms. It doesn't matter when they're life terms because it's supposed to be for life, right? It would have zero effect. It would be as if he had never murdered those girls. Had never attacked them, had never torturously murdered them, had never burned their bodies. But the Ohio Supreme Court, in its infallible, almighty wisdom, determined that was prejudicial. That could cause people to reach the wrong conclusion. They shouldn't get to know that this is a serial murderer. They shouldn't get to know... The judge shouldn't be reminded. The jury shouldn't get to know that if he is just sentenced to life sentences, it will have zero effect. Not even be a drop in a bucket. Have zero effect. Well, let's go back a ways. Back before he murdered all of these women. Back to 1989, not 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, but 1989. He kidnapped, raped, and murdered a 28-year-old woman, Leona Douglas. He was caught. He was prosecuted. He was convicted. He was sentenced Sentenced to serve 16 years. Oh, well, my word, that's really severe, isn't it? 
for kidnap, rape, murder, for destroying somebody, for eliminating their life, for viciously, ruthlessly, torturously destroying them, and he gets 16 years in the prison system. But he was released early. He got time off for something, good behavior, I guess, because he actually ended up being in prison for something to the tune of 14 years. So what did he do when he was released? Guess what? He attacked and murdered all of these others after he was released. Oh, my. There's the beauty of the catch-and-release system. Isn't it? Isn't that the beauty of it? Doesn't that just give you a warm, wonderful feeling? Well, the Ohio Supreme Court thinks so. (laughs) And again, with regard to being an equal opportunity destroyer, he destroyed a 13-year-old white girl, a 14-year-old black girl. The women, at least a couple of them were black. Just great stuff. Really good guy. But by the way, back in 2008, he had some problems. This is, of course, after his release and after he's gone back on his rampage. (laughs) He threatened to murder his son, who was a toddler. Oh, my. Did they do anything about it? Did the authorities do anything about that? No, of course not. Why would they? Furthermore, after he murdered one of these whom he murdered, the police thought he was the one, but they couldn't prove it. So they left him at bay. After he had murdered the 14-year-old black girl, they suspected him, but they were powerless to do anything about it. Didn't matter that he was a convicted Kidnapper, rapist, murderer. And of course, they couldn't keep tabs on him at all hours of all days. No. Well, his last victim, precious girl, 13 years of age, she was out running, you know. Does that sound familiar familiar to you? Does that sound like Molly Tibbetts, maybe? And many, many, many others. It was a beautiful woman. Can't remember her age with certainty. I'm going to say 30. This is a year ago now, I believe, last summer, running in New York City. And she was supposed to run with her father, And her father couldn't make it, so she ran by herself. And she got attacked by a vicious destroyer. And she fought for her life, and she lost. Beautiful woman. But broad daylight. (laughs) But this girl... She was out running. 
This was the first time. She's 13 years of age. This was the first time she had been allowed to go running by herself. Her mother testified. Isn't that wonderful? Parents, just let your children, typically doesn't happen to boys, let your daughters go running by themselves, go jogging by themselves. It'll build self-confidence and whatever, right? Isn't that a great thing to do? You know, not running in twos or fours, not running with a big, strong dog, not a little frou-frou. I remember one beautiful young woman whom I saw running in a community in which I lived once upon a time long ago. And she was a beautiful woman, strikingly beautiful. And she had a couple mascots with her. One of them was a huge Doberman Pinscher. And the other one, I can't remember if it was a Great Dane or if it was... German Shepherd or Belgian Malinois. I, I, I don't know, something like that. It was one of those. And she had the tag team with her there wisely. She wasn't a 13-year-old teenage girl. This was a grown woman. And this was in a town in which this particular lake was a small lake and Lots of people around it and so forth. You might so say, well, you know, obviously it, it didn't have anything to do with self-defense. It was just to give them a workout. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think that yes, yes, she was giving her dogs a workout, recreation. They needed it. But she was also wise enough to know that evil things are committed by evil people. And there is no place on this earth, no place in this nation, and no place on this earth that is free from evil. That is free from destroyers. There just isn't. And parents need to be wiser than this. But this vicious, ruthless guy, he chased after her. He chased her down. He tried to rape her. And he strangled her to death torturously. But guess what? When he's put to death, if he's put to death, if it ever comes to that, it will be painless. And if it is not absolutely, totally, completely painless, there will be protests about it that will rage and there will be cries for the Pope to intervene and so forth. Anyway, he described how he murdered her. And he described her reaction, this monstrous destroyer. And she, this girl, she begged him to let her live. And yet, the end of closing arguments, and he faces the judge and jury, and he says, please spare my life. 
Doesn't that touch you? Doesn't that just reach right in and touch you? Here he's pleading for his life. Well, my word, I guess we should, you know. (laughs) How many times have you seen this where prosecutors, unfit prosecutors, will allow vicious, ruthless destroyers to plead to lesser charges if they will tell where they buried the bodies of X number of their victims. Haven't you ever seen that? It happens all the time. If you will lead us to the remains of this victim, if you will show us where this victim is murdered, or where their ashes are after you've burned them, and these things. And then, then we go ahead and we give you lesser charges to plead guilty to. We will spare your life for that. Well, whatever you do, don't look at the Bible because you will find there is none of that in the Bible, okay? There's no precedent. Remember about Susan Collins' Being such a fan of precedent, right? There's so many, oh, they're such fans of precedent when the precedents are the ones they like. Such as the monstrous evil induced abortion agenda. When the precedents are the ones they like, they hang on to those with a death grip. When the precedents go contrary to what they want, even if those precedents have been in place vastly longer and are rooted in something like the Bible, of all things, you throw those out. That doesn't matter. Whatever this panel of corrupt, perverse, profane, unjust, vile judges has decided, that's what you go with. It's like the Jewish traditions in the modern Jewish synagogue, where whatever are the most recent teachings, those are the ones that hold the most water. Not the ones that go back the furthest. Whatever is the most recent. Uh, Just breathtaking. But So he pled for his life to be spared, this dear, dear soul. Again, he probably will never be executed. Well, the Grand Papa, the Grand Pope, he came out with a new teaching. Previously, the Roman Catholic Church allowed that in the most egregious circumstances, that if it was absolutely necessary, that a murderer could be executed. But now, the new Papa has determined that The death sentence is always wrong, always evil, odious, and so forth. So, this, it's a wonder that this did not impact the prosecutor and the judge. As the prosecutor said, quote, there is evil in this world. Indeed, there is. And this prosecutor is of a different mind than myself, he said, quote, sometimes he must seek the death penalty in killings that are the worst of the worst. No, 
every time that there is a murder, like, there needs to be a death penalty. Otherwise, others will pay. But again, he said, for the worst of the worst criminals, a death sentence was sometimes necessary. Well, Pope Francis, dear Pope Francis, again, he came out with this new teaching, which he actually devised a little bit ago, but he released it in time for the death sentence here. And it was, so it was published on the day, and the, so the Pope said that the death penalty is always inadmissible because it attacks the inherent dignity of all humans. The inherent dignity of destroyers who are attacking and destroying innocence. It attacks their inherent dignity. Suffice to say, the Pope is not only wrong, he is damnably wrong. But more on that in another program. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But... Perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.